is 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And uh, we're going to be reading this in the ESV. And so we encourage you to find it. Uh, you, you all should have a pew Bible. If you're in one of the chairs that doesn't have a pew, like you're, you don't have a pew in front of you, uh, the Bible's uh, underneath your chair. Um, and so you can uh, grab a Bible, or uh, if you have a Bible app or your own Bible, uh, feel free to go there. First Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. We're going to be reading in the ESV, just so you know. And um, yeah, I'll be reading the scripture for us, but um, uh, as has been our uh, tradition uh, before the pandemic, we're resuming this. If everyone could stand as able once you've found the scripture. So again, it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith, that no one be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction, just as it has come to pass, and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor, labor would be in vain. There's a, a response to this uh, when we end the scripture. I'll say the word of God for the people of God, and we all say, thanks be to God. Let's do that again. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, friends, it, it is my joy and privilege to uh, uh, welcome our guest speaker, to introduce her to you. Uh, we're, we're really excited to have her uh, share. So I, I first met Connie, I, I think it's like over 15 years ago, when we birth, both were uh, not at birth, not at birth. We're, we're not that young. <laughs> when we both, ah, I'm glad I'm not speaking. Uh, when we both were serving uh, the, the MCKC youth camp um, on staff, and uh, yeah, Connie's just someone that I really count as a sister and friend, and just co-laborer for the gospel, and uh, it, yeah, just uh, she. So some of you may know that we had uh, two pastoral interns, uh, David Beck and Young Lee this past year, and we had kind of like a third unofficial pastoral intern, and that was Connie in many ways. Uh, she uh, has been attending uh, uh, Talbot School of Theology, um, been doing uh, classes online while working full-time and doing so much at the church. She serves on praise team. Uh, she, she was leading uh, uh, discipleship for the campus group, and then this year she's going to be the admin for the small groups for campus, and so she does so much. We're just really grateful uh, to, to just uh, hear from her and just what God has put in her. And so if you could join me in just giving uh, a hand of welcome to Connie. <laughs> Connie Hall. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Um, for my sake, hi guys, uh, can, we, can we actually pray again? Uh, <clears throat> uh, precious Father, um, God, I so need you this morning. Um, God, I just pray, Father, that and um, that you would just fill, that your spirit would be filled, Lord God, in every inch of this room, as well as um, the people, Lord God, who are not here, wherever they are at. Father, that your spirit would fill every space, Lord God, that they are in. Um, so God, uh, use me as your mouthpiece. Father, I ask that you would 
direct every word that comes out of my mouth. And Father, that you would just truly be glorified in this time. And God, that we would just get another glimpse of just um, you and whatever it is that you want to teach us this morning. So God, I thank you. I love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, okay. Good morning. Gosh, you know, I prayed, but I'm still nervous. <laughs> I haven't felt this nervous since I don't even know. I can't even remember the last time I felt this nervous, but um, just praying that the Lord will just take a hold of me for this next however many minutes and that, um, that you guys would also just uh, be able to learn um, some of the things that I was able to learn through this passage. So, um, yeah, I wanted to say good morning to especially the people that's on the other side of the screen. Um, I'm sad that not all of us are here, but um, I'm glad to see some faces, which is, which is great. And um, again, for those of you that may be joining for the first time, my name is Eden, um, but this community goes by Connie, um, and it's a long story. But um, as Pastor Steve mentioned, I work full-time, and I'm currently trying to finish my Master's of Theology at the Talbot School of Theology. Um, so while this opportunity was um, very exciting at first, like months back, and it certainly is a privilege. Um, it really has been a very intimidating ride for these past couple weeks. Um, and that's because it's been well over 10 years um, since I've actually like preached. Or, and I've never given a message on a Sunday morning, but I have done events, conferences, or rallies. Um, and back then, you know, I was much younger. I was much more fearless. I was much more bolder. And the best part is, is that technology wasn't as advanced as it is today. And so you can't trace any of my messages in the past. And so thank God for that. Because I was thinking about that. I'm like, thank the Lord, because God knows what I said in the past. Um, but throughout this preparation time, and even until the final hours of my preparation, I really found myself aligning more and more with the character that we're going to talk about today, and that's Timothy. But before we dive into the scripture, I wanted to start off with a question, um, and that is, how would you feel, or what would your response be if someone told you you're a sidekick for life? You're a sidekick for life. Or maybe your second string, or a backup. And now I know that some of you will say, I'm totally okay with that, because some people just don't like to be in the spotlight, right? Some people don't like that, that kind of, I guess, I don't know, um, view or just that feeling, or just that position. But if you were to be the backup, or the second string, or sidekick, or whatever you want to call it, literally all the time, how would that make you feel? And you know, you can just think about it in your head. But to put it into more of literal and visual terms, I have a couple examples. I don't know if you guys have seen this. It was brought to me for the first time, because I'm not really big on memes. But this says, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. When, when Pastor Steve actually, we were talking about as I was prepping, and he showed me this, in my head, I was like, this girl, like, right here. Because that's like literally what, who I was thinking of. And, but for those of you that may be younger and that kind of don't really understand what this it means, here's another one. For some women, it's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. But for me, it's more like always the friend and never the girlfriend. And if you exchange a couple words out, you know, I think this will probably apply to the guys as well. Or in my final I think, reference that I want to make, because if you know me, I am a huge Marvel or MCU fan. 
I had to put in some sort of Marvel reference. And so the closest character who I think is a sidekick in the Marvel Universe is, well, actually, can you guys take a guess? I know there's like tons of characters out there that we've seen. But if you could pick one to be a sidekick, and I know it's kind of hard because everyone kind of basically has their show. But um, if you could think one, I don't, anyone? Hawk. Hawk. Oh. Falcon? Bucky. Bucky. <laughs> That's the reference that I made. But did you guys know, and I did not know this is what Bucky actually looks like in the actual real Marvel comics. Like, it just, it's just, she just looks so sad. It's just lame or like bland. I don't know. But I mean, I, I just got a kick out of this because this is not the Buckeye that I know from the MCU world. And so... Like, and the right one actually was my favorite because it's actually a magnet that's being sold on eBay for like $7. I mean, it just, I don't know, he kind of looks like Chucky if you look real up close. <laughs> but, and, and he actually looks very similar to Robin. I don't know if you guys know Batman and Robin. I don't know if you guys are too young for that. But that's also a very common, I think the most famous probably sidekick kind of character, which is Robin. And so my point is, sidekicks, are never glorified. Actually, but in fact, this is a more close-up picture <laughs> of, what, of what he looks like. But now, but what we know of Buck, or Bucky is this guy, right? So it's kind of like, you know, I mean, it's just, it cracks me up. But again, my point is, is that sidekicks are never glorified or focused, right? Unless, of course, you're a Marvel character and you just happen to have your own like main character sideshow, but even then with Bucky, if you watch the, the series, he's not really the main character still. He's still kind of considered a sidekick in my opinion, but I don't want to spoil anything. You guys can watch it. It's great. <laughs> <clears throat> but even with the saying, always a bridesmaid, never a bride, it's always, it's kind of spoken as if it's a bad thing, right? And so, okay, you know, you're never the main character. Okay, we're never the main character or the main attraction, and you're always you know, casted under some sort of a shadow of, a, of another. And the question is, would you be okay with that? <clears throat> well, in the Bible, there are also some sidekicks, and the one that caught my attention again is the character of Timothy. So let me read the passage again for you. Sorry. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone, and we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one would be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction just as it has come to pass and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. So to get a better understanding of this, passage here that we're going to look at. We want to get a brief understanding of this letter as a whole. And so this first letter to the Thessalonians is really often recognized as one of Paul's earlier epistles or letters. And Paul's ministry in Thessalonica was during his second missionary. And you know, and I have to just mention this because it's been bothering me, but so the correct pronunciation is something like the Solonike. Okay, but, um, it, you know, but for the sake of it, just rolls off the tongue better. So just know in the English, I think, pronunciation is Thessalonica, Thessalonica. So just, yeah, understand that. But here, I want to share you with your map because if you can see in the red box, I know it's, it may be a little bit small, but towards the upper left, um, this city of Thessalonica was the capital of the province of Macedonia. 
And as you can tell by its location, it was considered to be one of the major trade centers or trade routes. And because of it, it naturally had highly, it was naturally highly populated and it consisted of many luxuries, slaves, and pagan temples. It really essentially was a major commercial center. And so you can kind of think of it as like the Los Angeles of Macedonia. And so if you kind of think about it in that sense, you know, one can only really imagine how difficult it must have been to spread the gospel in this place. <clears throat> and so in his second missionary, he starts out in Jerusalem. Um, it's, it's there, and this is whole, his whole entire second missionary route. And as he starts, he starts out with Barnabas and Silas. But along the way, he parts ways with Barnabas because of some disagreement. And as he's going like towards northwest um, in Lystra, he meets Timothy. And starting from that point, Timothy joins him in this missionary journey with him and partakes in, in the ministry. Now, at the time of this particular letter, the writing of this letter, they were actually at Corinth. Paul was in Corinth, the city of Corinth, which is south. It's in that little box, which is far south of that box. And he was either being kicked out, driven out, or just was on the run. And so he was journeying south from, from after his meeting or his church plant in Thessalonica. Now, in this passage, oh, and know that the, most of the writing in this letter has to do with or is regarding the Thessalonians' faithfulness in times of their persecution. And in this particular passage, these five verses, it starts with the therefore because it links, it links because he talks about two concerns. Paul has two concerns. And his first concern was the aftermath of his absence from that city. Because he's, he's gone, right? He's writing this letter. He's traveling south because he's being driven out and he's always just on the run. And so he, it's, he addresses the first concern in the first part of, of, this, of this chapter or of this book. But now starting with this chapter 3, verse 1, he's starting to address his second concern, which is his, the oppression and the persecution the church of Thessalonica is facing today at that time. So now what's interesting to point out also is that even though Paul had a ministry team, like Silas and Timothy, as mentioned, when you trace their footsteps, there aren't many times when they're actually physically together in one place. And I found that to be very interesting. This letter, when it's being written, is one of the few times that indicate that they were actually together. And it's also referenced in the book of Acts. And so maybe some of you guys are thinking, so what? But oftentimes with geography, Geography can also really tell us a lot about what is happening in scripture. And so it's really important. It's very interesting. And in this case, it kind of hints to us about some of the things about Timothy, which we'll cover at the end. So now with that said, Timothy, besides what was described you know, about Timothy in these couple of verses um, before, there are some other notable observations that I was able to make through, in the other, through other books of the New Testament. I'm going to read it to you. You don't have to find it there. I'll just read it off to you. And these are just a few. One, and the most common, I think, that we all know is that he was young. In 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. So through... So though Timothy's exact age is not mentioned, oftentimes, you know, commentators or scholars say that he may have been in his early 20s. And here we know that Paul had to encourage Timothy to not let others look down on him because of his age, because at that time he, he was trying to bring about reform to the church of Ephesus. And so Paul is encouraging him despite his youth. Another observation that I was able to make is 
that he didn't come from the right background, meaning in Acts 16 it says, Paul came also to Derbe and, and to Lystra, a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. So he was basically biracial. And so I think at the time, it, he, he did, probably didn't fit the criteria of being like a true, you know, a gospel preacher or follower of Christ. But then again, you know, so, so were a lot of other people, but this is just an example. And finally, amongst a few other findings about Timothy in the book of, you know, the first Timothy, actually, we know that he certainly did not carry the, the mantle or as the same name as Paul, right? Paul makes it very clear in 1 Corinthians 4, 16 through 17. He says, I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is, when I, that is why I sent you, Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. It's like saying, hey, church, I'm sending Timothy to you so that he can remind you of the way I live, right? He'll be pointing you to me so that I can point you to Christ, is what he's saying. And so, you know, it's like I read this over and over, and it's like, is this really what it is? And, and I'm like, and, you know, and I, I read other, you know, um, like commentaries and things, and it's really true. Like, this was Timothy's role. God didn't appoint Timothy as the role model, but it, he was rather the pointer he was just the one pointing to the role model. And in this case, it was Paul. So with that said, you know, great. We know Timothy didn't come from the right background. He was young, and he didn't know scripture. And, and I'm not sure if you guys know, he also had health issues. And he also had, you know, he, it also mentions briefly how he certainly didn't have things together in his ministry because he always needed to receive instruction from Paul. And so, and you can really read through this. If you read through it carefully in, in, in 1 Timothy, it's, it's all right there. And on top of this, again, we can't forget to mention that he was not a Paul, right? He was, just was not a Paul. So then it probably really just makes you think, well, no duh, like no wonder why he's considered to be a sidekick, right? I mean, look at, look at all that we just covered, just to name a few. And you're right, like he is a sidekick. You know, I have no plot twist for you. Um, it's, he's still Timothy, his name doesn't change, like kind of like Paul does. Um, he doesn't have, like, a huge, like, grant. I don't have anything special to, to give to you as much as I would like to to make it more interesting, but, but he's just still a Timothy. And it's actually made very clear to us in verse 2 of this passage in Thessalonians that he is a brother and God's co-worker. And Paul, Paul refers to Timothy as a brother and God's co-worker. Timothy was no stranger, though, to the Thessalonians, right? Because he partook in the ministry with Paul in that church and in that city. But also, when we study the Greek word, the Greek words of these two nouns, brother and God's co-worker, we find something interesting because, and it's not just studying the nouns itself, but it's also studying the grammar. Because when you know the grammar to Greek, it really, like, the, the words really come to life. It just becomes more vibrant. And in this case, when you look at it more closely in, in the Greek, it almost emphasize, it, it emphasizes Timothy's authority to almost instill that he had not just that he was not just a messenger, but rather he had he was an authoritative coworker of both Paul and God. And so there you have it, right? Timothy is a brother and God's coworker. I sat there with this message. I'm like, is this it? Like, is this is this is this it, God? Like, is this all I'm gonna say? Like, we're done within like the past, like, I don't know, five, ten minutes, whatever it was. And I pondered on this some more and was just reading up a little bit more on this character. 
and slowly pieces started to come together. And what I wanted to eventually get at was that, or I came to realize that it's just a title, right? it's just a label, the sidekick, backup, second string, whatever you want to call it, it's really just a title. And it's really not as nearly or merely important, or even the focus, compared to the role that Timothy actually plays in this ministry. And, and yes, it's clear. It's clear in the scripture that Timothy was subordinate to Paul. I mean, you can read about it. And, it's, and in fact, the author of the book of Acts refers to him as a helper. That's his title, helper. But it is also clear that Timothy's title really did not mean that he had minimal roles or functions in the ministry with Paul. Timothy, with the authority, as we understand from the Greek translation again, shared in Paul's purpose and was sent to establish and exhort, as seen in verse 2. I'm going to read this to you again. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone, and we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker, in the gospel of Christ to establish and exhort you in your faith, that no one would be moved by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction just as it has come to pass and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. So more specifically, even when you look at these two words, his, his role establish and exhort, his role was to strengthen, to support, and to encourage the church of Thessalonica for what was happening to them at that time and what was to come. And, you know, and if you read further, Timothy did just that. Because what follows immediately in verse 6 is the good news that he brings to Paul, and he mentions that. So he, he got his job done. See, so Timothy worked alongside Paul for a really long time. You know, I think scholars estimate to be around like 20 years, even into Paul's late life. And, you know, it's not, it's not really oft, it's not often mentioned that Timothy is actually also identified as a co-sender of six of the letters in the New Testament. But oftentimes we always just know that Paul is the main author, which is, which is true but he is also considered to be the co-sender. So Timothy was young, yes. And he didn't have the best background, you know, go, especially going into ministry, yes. He was always in need of assistant, assistance or needing to receive instruction. And he certainly really did not carry the name of Paul. Like, yes, yes to all of those questions. But despite his young age, what we do know is that God used him. And though he didn't have all the right answers or all the answers and needed help, his role was always still so significant, especially if what we see for what he did for the churches. It was Timothy who traveled by foot, round trip, from Corinth to Macedonia, if you saw that map, not just as a letter delivery boy, you know, but a person of authority in God to deliver the message of support and encouragement in a time when the church needed it seriously the most. And while this is also not mentioned in the Bible, I was left with this final thought um, on Timothy as I was tracing his life. There was a lot of traveling for these guys. Clearly, you know, they didn't have cars, they didn't have bikes or whatever, strollers, whatever you want to call it, wagons, I don't know. But they were always really traveling on foot. And based on the map, we generally see Paul traveling in one direction, like the arrows. But with Timothy, 
he also had his own solo mission. And this, this letter, him delivering the, the letter and bringing the message back, this was his first solo mission. And so with that in mind, I couldn't help but wonder if Timothy had thought Paul was just making him do all the legwork. You know, like literally, right? But I've come to realize that that was his given role, not by Paul, but it was indeed from God because he believed in the ministry. He believed in what Paul, what he and the team, Paul and Silas, they were all doing. And because he was so willing, I don't think if you had the willpower or if you were, if you didn't willingly want to do it, I don't know if you could do it going back and forth. And he did it so willingly, no matter the time, no matter the distance or the danger that he would be facing. Because again, it wasn't easy having to go around preaching in some of these cities. So my question to you, my friends, is are you also willing? Like you, like Timothy, like we, like Timothy, may not always be the role model, right? And we may always be, be the one pointing to the role model that we know. We may not be the first string. In fact, we may be a sidekick for a very, very long time. I know I really consider that for myself. But I think the best part is, though, is that you have a role. Like, we all have a role. And even though you may walk through this life without a single title, right, not even the title of a sidekick or a backup or, or whatever it may be, and in fact, maybe the things that will always be tracing you or kind of hindering you will be just all the things that you are not, like Timothy was. You know, what the, all the things that Timothy was not, maybe some of the things that you can, I guess, agree with. And maybe it's also your weaknesses that also kind of traces behind you, and therefore you just, you just don't have a title and you never think you would have one. But I hope you know that at the end of the day, your name alone, like your name, whether it be you being Mary, I don't know, I'm just seeing names like Hannah, Jamie, David, your name alone carries such a specific and a very significant role in God's narrative. The question is, are you open and are you willing to let God use you in the role that he has in mind for you? So it's not about, am I going to be okay with this title? Am I going to be okay not being recognized or not being the main focus or character or being the sidekick for the rest of my life? But is Am I going to be willing and open to the role that God has in mind? You know, and when I, I started to really get hesitant and was so reluctant to giving this you know, message, just doing this in general. And even just days before, Pastor Steve knows this, I just wanted to throw in the towel and be like, Pastor Steve, forget it. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, let's, just, let's just pretend this conversation never happened. And you know, because in my head, and I didn't tell this to him, I just kept thinking, it's not my place. It's not my job. It's not my role. You know, it's just, it's, it's not for me. So, like, forget it. But through this very experience, I really learned that no matter what role may be given to me from God, even though this is the one t time that I get for the rest of my life to, to preach on one Sunday, you know, throughout an entire year, or, or again, for the rest of my life, my first response in any other role that he calls me to or that he has in mind for me is, to, is a surrendered heart that puts God first. That is it. Will you pray with me?
Heavenly Father, I, um, yeah, God, I just learned so much through this brief period of um, just studying your word, and especially the life of Timothy and his journey with Paul and others. And God, I know that um, some of us here may be the Pauls, some of us may be the Timothys, some of us may be neither or something greater, but no matter what we may be or no matter what we are called, may we first and foremost remember, Lord, our names, the names that you have given to us, the roles that you have always placed in your mind. And Father, I just pray, Father, that no matter what that call or role may be, Father, that we would be surrendered, that we would be submissive, and God, that we would know that we can be used by you regardless of what our circumstances may be or regardless of who we are not or who we are. So Father, would this just encourage us to step forth and in being respond and in, in just responding to your call and responding to whatever role it is that you have for us going forward. And I pray, Father, that always, um, God, that we would be surrendered to you and God, that you would always be our source of strength. So God, um, I again just thank you for this time and pray, Father, that uh, you would just um, leave us, Lord, with whatever it is that you wanted us to hear today and nothing of my words. So God, I just thank you again for this time and I just ask for your blessings upon each and every member, Lord, that is gathered here and for those, Lord God, that joined us today. Thank you, Lord, and we love you in Jesus' name.